Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. Wow. Hey, let's pray. Gracias, Señor, por tu presencia en ese lugar. Gracias, Señor, que podemos conocerte, que podemos estar aquí en tu presencia, mi Dios. Gracias que tú estás preparando nuestros corazones recibir la palabra. Y gracias, Señor, que vivimos aquí, en este lugar, en esta temporada, Señor, cuando, cuando tu Espíritu Santo está derramado, cuando tú estás tocando muchas personas, Gracias, Señor, por cada bendición espiritual que tenemos en ti. En el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Amén. Amén. We're so thankful for all of those who come here who speak Spanish. Aren't you so thankful? What a blessing it is. having, And that's so much a part of, a part of our hearts. And uh, we're so thankful for all that God is doing and the way that he's moving And so, Convergence encounters Jesus and transforms cities with his power and love. And what an exciting time in history it is to be alive. Twenty twenty three has been an amazing year. And uh, I'll, I'll just run through some of these. You know, what happened in Asbury in February? Seems like that was already a year ago. That was just back in February. It's not something that happens every day. God is moving in a special way right now. And then you look, you know, what's been happening at other universities, what God is doing in young people. And then you look, you know, just other places, Gatlinburg, Point Loma out in California. Uh, 4,000 baptized this summer. Probably the largest single baptism event in the history of our nation, happened in 2023, right here on our watch. I mean, these are amazing days to be alive. And right now, this is a few weeks ago, and this is even still happening, um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I was just reading that a couple days ago, they baptized like 120 more, a thousand people gathered to worship, and there was a baptismal tank. Right at the front, God is moving and he's answering our prayers. And the season is shifting. And people are hungry all around us. Uh, God is moving right now at Auburn. This is a week or two weeks ago, right there, the 14th. God, God is moving and the harvest is ready. And in our right now, we're in a time where our kind of our theme and our messages is harvest and Holy Spirit. And uh, Andrew did an amazing job last week in John 4. Um, how many of you caught that? Where there's a, there was a woman, a well, and a word. And then Wesley the week before. So good, Wesley. And uh, they did so well that I'm just going to build off their platform. I have, I'm not going to do it near as well as they did. But I want, there's some things the Holy Spirit, I feel like, is doing 
in this time. And as I prayed over this service today, I felt like I saw activation codes <laughs> going out that the Lord is going to activate part of who you already are, but in a way that you may have never seen before. Have you ever had some software and you had like the basic version of that software, but then you got a code and you typed in that code and all of a sudden that software did a bunch more things. Now those things were there all the time, they just weren't unlocked. And I believe that God is unlocking part of who you are. Because I know that Jesus is in you. I know the same Jesus that stopped and shared the word with the woman at the well in John chapter 4 is inside of you alive and well and there is that part of you that is going to be connecting with the harvest like you never have before and that we're going to be seeing that people who have been closed in the past are now open and that it doesn't have to be difficult to share the gospel it's who you are and the power of the Holy Spirit has come on you. And we've been here loving Him in His presence. And His presence is contagious. And we're not going to hide what He's done or who He is. We're not going to hold back His love and act like His love is weak. When His love is a raging river that cannot be stopped. And so there's a fire that is coming upon us afresh for the harvest in this season. And I'm really thankful to be here in 2023. And so in Matthew 9, Wesley took us here a couple weeks ago. It says, in seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I love the way Wesley brought out a few weeks ago that we often walk around thinking that there's a little harvest and a lot of workers. But the Lord says, no, there's a lot of harvest. And the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. And then he says, therefore, beseech, pray, kind of an ancient sounding word there, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And so again, I think they begin to pray, Lord, you know, send out those people, all those people that need to be in the harvest. And then the Lord says, oh, it just happens that it's you. And I just want to say this morning, it just happens that it's you. You've been praying for the harvest. You've been praying for the Lord to send someone. And I think he found someone. And I think it's you. And I love this word right here, it's summoned, because this word in the Greek, it means to call forth to a certain purpose. It's not just the general word to be called. It means to be called into something. He's summoned. And I love the, I love the weight of that word. That Jesus himself would summon us to be a part of the most important thing that is happening in the universe right now. You have been summoned, and you have been activated, and you have been prepared and called for such a time as this. And he gave them authority. And I want to tell you something, he hasn't given you anything less. He has given you authority over unclean spirits. He knows he's given you authority, 
The unclean spirits know that you've been given authority. And I want you to know that you've been given authority. The demons are afraid of you. We're not afraid of darkness. We're not afraid of what's happening. We're not overwhelmed by all the bad things that are happening. We've been given authority to bring a shift in Jesus' name. And the only hope for our nation is the name of Jesus. The gospel is the only hope for our nation. It has to come from the inside out. And so he gave them authority of our unclean spirits to cast them out. We don't just have to ignore them. We don't have to hope they go away. We've been given authority in the name of Jesus. And to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And we have been given this same authority to heal the sick. And I just, I believe we're going to be having in this room so many testimonies of people being saved and healed. I believe we're going to see so many people in this baptistry right here. So he went on to say, as you go, preach and say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You demonstrate the kingdom and you get to declare the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead. And by the way, people are being raised from the dead all over the world. Not just in Africa, people are being raised from the dead here in the U.S. It was funny, I was, I was preaching out at, uh, speaking out at LCU a couple weeks ago. We haven't our LCU, thankful for all you guys. And I was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, I said, and a number of, like there are those of you in this room, the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to raise the dead. And boom, the power went out. Right at that moment. Everybody stood up and started cheering. It was a fun moment. It was a God moment. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You get to do the stuff. You don't just have to, to read the book of Acts or read the Gospels and wish we could see those things today. You're called into those things. Every single one of us. For freely you have received and freely, freely we get to give. So I want to go to John 4. And uh, I love kind of what it says here. He had to pass through Samaria. Even the, way, even the way it's written, it was, not, it was not their highest choice to have to go through Samaria. And, you know, sometimes we have to pass through places maybe that we didn't want to go. But in passing through those places, God actually has harvest in those places. You know, my vision for 2023 personally was... Uh, not to go have to have uh, 45 radiation treatments for prostate cancer. It wasn't in my vision statement. <laughs> I couldn't find It's not in there anywhere. Uh, but I had to pass through. I had to pass through that journey. And, and just like I had to pass through that, many of you in this room right now, you're having to pass through a place. You wouldn't have chosen to have to pass through that place, but you're there right now. So I passed through that office 45 times. I'm like, Lord, this place needs to be different if I'm going to be there 45 times. And I begin to pray. I begin to give words. 
I begin to declare things. I begin to lay hands on people. And I begin to see a shift. Well, this week I, ha- I had a dream and I saw, I saw the doctor who's in charge of that office. And I saw him in the dream and his hair was gray. It was like, okay, I was like, oh, this must be 10 or 15 years down the road. Or he must be really wise, you know. That's what, isn't that what that means? And, uh, but I saw him. And the presence of God was on him, and he was fathering that office. And it was like the Lord saying to me, the seeds that you planted are going to bear fruit much more than you've even expected. And so sometimes we have to pass through a place, but when we pass through those places, the places that we have to pass through may be the harvest that you've been praying for. And so they weren't, looking forward to necessarily going through Samaria Samaria because of all the issues and all the past and all the things, but they had to pass through Samaria, and there was a reason that they were in Samaria. Sometimes what feels like a difficult detour is a divine destiny appointment. Many times. Many times. And so we need to be looking in those places that we didn't expect or maybe even want to be that God is moving in that place. Um, I'm going to tell a lot of stories today. And I was asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, am I telling too many stories? He's like, no, this is what part of what I've called you to do in this season as a father. And so uh, there was a season where a friend of mine, uh, he let me borrow his Mini Cooper while he was out of the country. He said, hey, will you drive it for me? I said, sure, I've always wanted to. Italian job, one of my favorite movies, you know. And, and so I, I drove his Mini Cooper. And it's really fun driving a Mini Cooper because you can break all the rules kind of, you know. It's like... If you cut in front of someone in a minivan, it's really rude. But you can cut in front of someone in a Mini Cooper, and it's cool. <laughs> I'm just telling you, people don't get mad. They're like, whoa, that's what a Mini Cooper's supposed to do. <laughs> you know? and, and so I had a lot of fun with it, you know. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but it turns out, it turns out that it it. it the engine had a major issue during my time of driving it that I had to repair. It cost $4,000. It cost $4,000. I don't ever want to see a Mini Cooper again. <laughs> no. And then after the $4,000, something else went wrong, and I went, and it was going to be another $700. And so I said, Lord, I'm going back to this auto shop. <laughs> I'm passing through. <laughs> Samaria, <laughs> and something's got to happen. You got to give me a word for this guy before I go pick up this car and pay seven hundred more dollars. And the Lord said to me, "He said, I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him that he has a, he, that his daughter. Now I didn't know whether he had a daughter or not, but the Lord was telling me he did. And so I want you to tell him that his daughter, that my hand is on his daughter in a special way." And that even as a child, she's going to have encounters. She's going to encounter him at night. And I want you to tell him that that's God. And it's his hand on on her daughter's life. And to bless what God does in her. And so I went, paid 700 more dollars. I gave the man the word. And he didn't didn't say much at all. And uh, so I came back home and I said, well, Lord, does he really have a daughter? And I felt like, oh, can I check him out on Facebook? And so, and so I went on Facebook, I looked him up, and his cover photo was him and his daughter. And I know that, that that was important for that word to be delivered to him. 
It was a place I was passing through I didn't want to be. But it's a place where God had a word and God had destiny in that place. So it says in verse 5, he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And let me just say, the person you're not supposed to talk to may be the key to reaching a city. And one of the things about coming into a time of harvest, and I don't know if any of you grew up in farming areas or whatever, but I, and, and I did not, but I've, I've read all these stories about harvest, how everyone piles in, and how it doesn't matter when that window of harvest opens up, you have to harvest. And so they're grabbing everyone, and people are coming day and night. They're trying to beat storms sometimes, things like that. When it's a moment of harvest, you step into that place. And their rules, there's customs that we all have, that we have been ingrained in us our whole lives, that to receive fully the harvest God has given to us, we're going to have to break some rules. Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to a Samaritan. He was especially not supposed to be talking to a Samaritan woman. He was especially not supposed to be talking to a Samaritan woman like this one. But God had an appointment. And so there are going to be appointments that take us out of our comfort zones. And we're going to step into those moments because that person may be the key, the catalyst to reaching a family, to reaching a city. One day, and I know I've told this story here a number of times, but it was one of those that marked me. I was, I was at a fair, and I was just going around. I was just looking for opportunities to tell people about Jesus. And I began to tell this drunk man about Jesus. I'd heard stories about people sobering up. And, and receiving the gospel. And so I, I began to tell this drunk man about Jesus, and he wasn't sobering up. I'm like, well, you know, he sobered up in the stories I heard, you know. Why is it not happening with me? And so I, I just kept going. And finally I said to the drunk man, I said, do you want to receive Jesus? And he was not coherent enough to receive Jesus. But a little girl to the side said, I want to receive Jesus. And I thought the harvest was the man, and the harvest was the girl. I thought the harvest was an older generation, and the harvest was the young generation. And we're going to have a lot of moments like that in this season. Harvest takes us beyond our comfortable boundaries. Jesus loves to do things like that. He loves to stretch the borders Because he died for everyone. So verse 17, skipping down a little further. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you've said correctly, I have no husband. 
For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you are now have is not your husband, and this you've said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. One word from Jesus can change everything. One word. One simple word from him. Don't ever let the devil tell you, well, don't tell them God loves them. They already know that. You know, I think the most powerful prophetic word I got to give this summer in the doctor's office was one day just with the receptionist. I walked in and I'd been praying for her and I'd, I'd tell people this. I'd say, hey, you know, I've been praying for you. I pray for this office and I've been praying for you. And while I was praying for you, I just really felt that God wants you to know that he really likes you. And she started crying right there. God touched her. She's like, where do, you, where do you go to church? And actually came and visited here, even. The next time I came, after, came in after that, the whole office was sitting there like they wanted to work. <laughs> God really likes you. You don't have to give someone their social security number. They already know their social security number. They need to know that God really likes them. <laughs> Verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who's called the Christ. And when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm the real deal. And what an amazing thing it is that you get to introduce Jesus. You could be right now in a Buddhist temple entertaining demons if it wasn't for the grace of God. But you have been in the presence of God soaking in love like billions of people have never, ever, ever felt. You are drowning in the love of God, in the real Jesus himself. And we have the privilege and honor of introducing not some religious thing, not a bunch of works. We're here to introduce people to Jesus himself. He is the one speaking. He is the one moving. He is the one saving. He is the one preparing a harvest for us in this season. And may we never lose the wonder of introducing someone to Jesus. May we never lose the wonder of the fact that we can speak the name of Jesus. May we never lose the wonder of the fact that we live in the new covenant, that you get to live in the presence of God. And rather than being afraid when you go into the Holy of Holies that you might do something wrong and die, the Holy of Holies is now inside of you. And you're alive with His presence. May we never lose the wonder and the honor to speak His name to someone. And sometimes you speak his name and you're just sowing. Sometimes you're going to speak his name and you're going to reap. However, whether it's the first time they've heard his name and it's just sowing it in the first time, what an honor it is to get to speak his name to someone. One day I was on a plane. I was with my son David. 
we were flying into the nation, nation of Nicaragua, and I was at the back of the plane, standing, waiting to go for the restroom to open up. None of you have ever been in this place before. And I was standing back there, and uh, there was a lady in front of me, and, and the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to tell her that I'm, that I'm healing her father. I was like, okay. So I said, I said to her, I said, hey, um, God just wants you to know that he's healing your father. And uh, then I, I said, do you have a father? No. <laughs> no, you have a father. But I said, is, is your father sick? And she said, yes. And right there, standing in line, waiting for the bathroom at the back of the plane, she received Jesus in that moment. There's harvest all around us in all kinds of moments. <laughs> we're going to run into the harvest. At this point, his disciples came and they were amazed that he'd been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you speaking with her? But they thought it. <laughs> and listen, we don't have to be worried about what people think. We need to go where Jesus sends us. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come and see the man who told, told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? Now, can we just say that you would not have done it this way? You would not have picked this woman. She does not meet the leadership criteria. Has not been through the courses. This breaks all the rules. But it's Jesus. And so we're going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to be willing to be stretched. Someone might come sit in your seat. Might be, might be okay. Might be okay. <laughs> they went out of the city and they were coming to him. And meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples thought it was time for dinner, and Jesus thought it was time for an encounter. And I don't want to be focusing on dinner when there's an encounter. Dinner can wait. Encounter needs to happen in that moment, with this moment, there, with, that, with that woman. It was a moment of destiny to step into. Schedules are going to change. You might be late for something, but you might be right on time for something in eternity. Verse 35, do not say, do you not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. During harvest later becomes now. And we're walking around thinking someday there's going to be a harvest someday. And Jesus is like, guys, I'm telling you, it's now. It's now. And, and I want to encourage you with the signs, guys. Harvest is now. You know, I, I was 
just studying some this week about, about volcanoes, you know, and before a volcano erupts, there's signs that take place. The ground actually begins to lift up some. There's, there's actually places, you know, where steam begins to come forth, where it wasn't coming forth before. The temperature of the ground changes. And these are signs that a volcano is about to erupt. And all around us are the signs of something beautiful about to erupt. And that harvest is now. So I want to ask you this. What is now that you thought was later? (laughs) What's happening in your neighborhood that maybe you thought was never? You gave up on it. There's always that voice that says later, later. Have you noticed that? That it's never the right time to tell someone about Jesus if you listen to that voice. It's never the right time to pray for the sick. People are never ready. It's never a good place. People aren't open. And it's dinner time. And I believe we're going to have more and more of a capacity to say, nope. I've listened to that voice and I've seen the fruit from that voice. There's not a lot of good fruit from it. It's a new season. It's a new time. And we're going to step into these moments. So he said, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white for harvest. And so I, I, love, I love what Jesus is saying here because, look, if we don't see higher, you're going to settle for lower. And so one of the things that we're about to pray for as we step into a ministry time here in just a moment is we're going to. We're going to lift up our eyes, literally, and we're going to look. We're going to look with fresh eyes to see the harvest. I, I believe that you could come here and see your neighborhood one way and that you will go home and see your neighborhood a different way. I believe that you could come here this morning and, and think that you're going back Monday morning to work the same as you left Friday, but I don't believe you're going to go back the same. I believe you're going to see differently and that we're going to lift up our eyes higher and we're not going to settle for lower. In a harvest season, you've got to lift up your eyes. And so he says, already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Isn't that amazing that we get to affect eternity That as people come to know Jesus, that is eternal. We get to see fruit that is going to remain forever. As people come to know and encounter the living God. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored and others have labored and you enter into their labor. That's a pretty good deal right there. Does anybody think that's a good deal? That's like, hey, you didn't, you didn't have to work for it, but you're going to get it. And there's people who've been praying for this city. There are people who've been praying for your neighbors. There are relatives praying for that person who lives beside you. And they've wanted to reap, but you're going to get to come in and reap. And everybody's just going to be glad. That's amazing. Amazing. 
one day as I was praying, asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, how did, how did this church start? You know, what did you do? And I know the stories that a Bible study started on Townsend Street um, in the O'Neill's family's house, which means House of Champions, on Townsend Street, sent to the town. <laughs> I love that. But the Lord showed me this, like a grandmother who prayed for this area. And, and I saw her that she labored and she prayed. And I believe we're here today because some other people prayed. I believe we're here today because some other people gave. I believe we're here today because some other people sowed a lot. We didn't just decide, hey, let's just show up on 5745 James Avenue today. No, there's been a lot that's gone into it. And we get to reap from that. Wow. We reap where we have not sown. Verse 39. For from the city of the Samaritans... Many believed in him because of the word, the woman who testified, and he told me all the things which I have done. Um, some years back, we, a member of ours, um, a son, her son was uh, convicted of, of murder, and it, there was a trial, and it was such a high-profile trial that the, the trial was moved uh, to another city here in the state. And so that day I thought, you know, I, I need to go. I need to try to meet with him. I need to be there for this family. And so on my way to the airport, I, I stopped to, to try to visit someone in the Dallas jail. And they wouldn't even let me in to see this guy in, in the Dallas jail. It was like, that was kind of a strange way to start the day where I was going down to try to visit someone. And so the family had mentioned to them that I was coming down. I was a family's pastor and asked them if I could visit with their son who had been accused of murder. And uh, they, said, they said, no, there's no way. There's no way we're letting someone, very high profile case, there's no way we're letting someone in to see him. Well, I got down there. I went into the courtroom, I, I, saw, I saw the judge, the trial's taking place, I went into the press room, hung out with the press, and I was like, Lord, you gotta, you gotta get me in there, you gotta get me in there to see him. And uh, I walked out of the press room, and I saw the judge walking out, and I knew this was my moment. I went up to the judge, and I said, hey, I'm the family's pastor, I said, I really would like to go pray for this guy. Could you allow me to do that? He said, absolutely. Wow. He took me back there, and, and I prayed. I prayed for the son. I, I encouraged him. And uh, so it was years later, I got, the, I got this email, and it was from his mom. It said that, my son has now been admitted to the semin seminary at the Darrington Unit. Thanks for caring and for your prayers for him. I am most grateful. When he completes his course of study, he will be allowed the privilege of working every day with inmates to help them spiritually, and he hopes to teach them as well. I would not have picked him. He was convicted of murder. You would not have picked him. But Jesus picked him. And Jesus has picked people all around us to know him. And to come to him.
Graham Cook always told a story of how they were planning a church in the UK in this one area that really had been called like a, a pastor's graveyard. It was like you go there, never works, never works. And so somebody said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go there, and if I feel like I'm supposed to go start a church there, would you pray that it's not like that? And so Graham prayed, and he came back. He said, you know, everybody's been trying to reach the adults, but as I prayed, I saw the Holy Spirit was moving on the children's. You need to start with the children. And so they went into that region and began a children's church. And you know what? It grew. And if you reach children, who do you eventually reach? <laughs> you reach the parents. And a church was birthed out of that because someone listened. Someone was willing to step out of the normal channel of church planting and do something different. And we're going to be doing a lot of things differently in this season. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. The place he had to pass through was actually a place he stayed for revival. The disciples saw a place to pass through quickly. Jesus saw a place to linger and release revival. And I just want to declare over you that you're going to be lingering in some places that you would not have lingered before. Because of what Jesus is doing. They had to pass through, but Jesus chose to linger. You know, I love our mission statement. Convergence encounters Jesus and transforms cities with his power and love. Um, I'll have to admit there have been times I read it and I kind of think, well, man, we jump from encounter to a whole city. I've kind of been like, whoa, that's kind of grandiose maybe. You know, but I want us to think about it in this passage. One woman encountered Jesus and a city was transformed. Is it not possible today that one person encountering Jesus can transform a city, can transform a neighborhood? I want you to stand. One encounter with Jesus led to transformation of a city with his power and love. And there are harvest, connection, catalysts, that are right in front of us. That we just believe there's someone to pass by. To get around. So we're on our way somewhere. I had a dream. Just to tell you one more story. And in the dream. This is a very recent dream. I, I, we were going to the game. And everybody had a ticket. Uh, but I, I somehow, and they had a number, but I didn't have one. And so I, I went to buy a ticket. And when I got there, not to give a lot of the detail about it, but I didn't have my phone, so I didn't really know what the seat numbers were wherever my friends and family were seated to ask for the right ticket. And so a lady comes up and she says to me, she says, and she gave me some things. She said, what you're going to do is on the way, you're just going to tell people about Jesus, and he's going to get you to the right seat. And she handed me, like, it may have been like a gospel track and maybe a bracelet that you would use. It was like she handed me these things, and, and I remember in the dream <laughs> that I, I didn't really believe her. <laughs> wasn't the answer that I wanted. 
honestly. I wanted, I wanted the ticket with the seat number in that moment. But the woman, who I believe really was an angel, <laughs> said, you're going you're gonna to come to the seat as you get on the journey. And that journey right now is telling people about Jesus and just releasing the love of Jesus everywhere you go on that journey. And I'm going to get you there, son on this journey. And I believe there's many of us in this room that you're in a similar place. The place you wanted to be, the number, the ticket, it hasn't really worked out like that in the journey. But Jesus is with us on this journey. And we're, as we're passing through, his kingdom is gonna be released. And we're going to see harvest like we've never seen it before. We're going to lift up our eyes and we're going to look on the fields. And you know, when you're just there and you haven't lifted up your eyes yet, you don't even know what you're seeing in front of you. You're just seeing something that you want to get out of the way. Honestly, if I'm seeing that, I'm like, get that out of my face. But as you lift up your eyes, things begin to change. And you begin to see what you had not seen before. And you begin to see that what looked just like a orange clutter to get around actually, that there's individual stalks that are ready to harvest. And so Father, I just thank you that your grace is on us today to lift up our eyes and to look. And I just want to bless, in the name of Jesus, the activation that you're releasing through the power of your Holy Spirit upon us today, that Jesus, the evangelist, is in sight of you. That the same Jesus that stopped for a woman at a well is going to stop through you and bring a word that releases transformation. And I just bless right now for your eyes to lift up. And I just want you to lift your eyes higher. I want you to see your neighborhood. And I want you to look and to focus and to see open hearts. I want you to see harvest fields. I want you to see catalysts There was a season in our neighborhood where Caddy Corner to us was a house that it was obvious drug deals were taking place. And I, I began to pray and actually God opened a door for me to, to pray for this guy and because his dad was almost had almost died in the hospital. And in that moment, I got to pray for him. I got to declare Jesus to him. I don't know if he got saved. But I know this. I know that as I prayed for him, the Lord showed me that he was dealing drugs, that he had a gift of connecting with people. <laughs> the enemy had stolen it. And I began to see him differently. 
There's a man in our neighborhood right now who's, who's wrestled with addictions and he does a lot of different things. He mows people's lawns and things and I've been praying for him because I know he's one of the most connected person in my neighborhood. I see him out there talking with people before he mows their yard. I know I'm looking, I'm looking. So I want you right now to close your eyes and I want you to see your neighborhood the way you see it. But now in the spirit, I want you to look up higher. now with with your work, whatever that is, or school, I want you to see it like you've been looking at it. And now I want you to lift up your eyes. I want you to see that person that you disqualified. Jesus is speaking to. It may be a child that you ignored and you were completely focused on adults. A young person. Father, thank you for letting us live in a time like this. Thank you, Father, for this season of incredible harvest that is in front of us. Thank you, Lord, that you are activating us. Thank you for the places that we're passing through that are places of harvest. We bless you, Lord. I just want you to put your hand on the shoulder of someone near you there, and I want you to bless them with boldness. I want you to bless them with eyes to see the harvest. I want you to bless them to overflow with compassion like they've never had compassion before. I bless you in the name of Jesus to enter in to harvest. I bless you with boldness. I bless you that you carry authority. I bless you that you bring the real Jesus into the harvest. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask our ministry teams, just some of our group leaders, others, staff, come on up here. Some of you want someone just to pray with you this morning. Maybe you're here and you need someone to pray and agree with you for healing. Some other way that you need prayer. These guys are going to come on up here. And, and be here to pray for you. I just want to bless you. I want to bless you as you step into your harvest. I bless you that you live in the most amazing times in history. I bless you that you don't have to work something up because God is moving. I bless you to see harvest like you've never seen in your family. I bless you to see those in your family that you've given up hope. I bless hope to rise up again. Because God has heard your prayers and He is a faithful God. So Father, we thank You for hope rising. 
We thank you for boldness. We thank you for your kingdom come and your will being done in Jesus' name. We bless you as you go in Jesus' name.